Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails are uh, just literally pouring in on the um, the story of Bonnie Thomas, um, Bonnie Thomas, and her her brother Robert Hall, who was one of the two Canadians who was murdered, decapitated by the Abu Sayyaf terrorist organization in the Philippines that have the connection with uh, with ISIS. And the Prime Minister, as um, Bonnie told us, or Bonnie's told us. The Prime Minister had opportunity to put our Canadian military, the U.S. military, and the Philippines military into action to save these two Canadians, and he chose not to do that. And um, as Lee Humphrey, the international security expert, told us, who's been in constant communication with Benice Thomas and the families, and just got back from the Philippines, he pointed out that some 50 Filipino military were killed as they created the kind of uh, reality where this Abu Sayyaf group that was holding Mr. Hall of Mr. Ridsdale were isolated from their other Abu Sayyaf colleagues, if you will. And uh, they were all set up for a military attack. And nothing happened because the prime minister decided not to take action. We hope for the best, is what uh, Bernice Thomas told us the prime minister said while he was in the Philippines. Well, Roy at RoyGreenshow.com is my email address, and Larry sent an email. Someone should tell Trudeau that hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. While Kevin O'Leary, Maxime Bernier, and Kelly Leach are big names in the leadership race for the Conservative Party of Canada, former Air Force Captain, Lawyer, Veterans Affairs Minister Aaron O'Toole is building support and is seen as a possible consensus candidate who may be the eventual successor to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. So why Aaron O'Toole? And what does he think of Justin Trudeau and some of the things the Prime Minister has done, like describe Canada as a the first post-nation state? Still have little idea of what the Prime Minister is getting at, and the only thing I could think of is negative. Aaron O'Toole's been a guest on this program in the past, impressed with what he's had to say in the last conversations. Mr. O'Toole, uh, you're getting closer and closer to the day that uh, the Conservative Party of Canada will decide on who becomes the leader. How confident are you? Well, look, Roy, every time I appear on your show, I get one step closer to it. So I just got to be on more regularly. So you think we've got something to do with that? <laughs> well, listen, you're a show that covers the important issues. You know, uh, I was listening to the segue Justin Trudeau's comments on, you know, the non paying of international ransoms and his ridiculous uh, approach to that issue just shows how naive he is. Um, I have some familiarity with this, and I know Lee Humphreys uh, myself. Um, This is an incredibly naive approach to take. Countries do this a lot more sophisticatedly with a combination of military uh, intervention or security intervention. 
and um, not making statements like he has. So on a whole range of things, Roy, Justin Trudeau's not in step with Canadians, and that's why I think we can win the next election if we have the right leader. If Aaron O'Toole is the Prime Minister of Canada and you have Filipino military, American military assets, and Canadian um, special forces assets in place to rescue Robert Hall and John Ridsdale and Maritas Floor, uh, Mr. Hall's life partner, what action do you take? The Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister said, well, I hope things turn out okay, walked away apparently. What does Aaron O'Toole do as Prime Minister of Canada? We take a proactive stance. Look, our, our special forces are amongst the best in the world, bar none. I have many friends that have served and do serve within our CSOR and JTF2. Uh, so upon the invitation of a sovereign nation like the Philippines, we we can operate in conjunction with them or train. So Canada, you know, we don't willy-nilly invade, but at, at an invitation, we could participate in a rescue mission. Or there's often discussions about the threat of such missions leading to release terms. So usually what has happened in these international cases are that negotiations do not take place in public, nor does the Prime Minister make uh, platitude-laden speeches like Justin Trudeau does. It just shows he does everything for what he feels the newspapers will write about, even if it's not the right decision for Canada or the peop- the families involved. Mr. O'Toole, um, what do you think Canadians and what do you think Conservative Party of Canada members want from their next leader specifically. Is there a demand, do you think, a grassroots demand for the next Conservative Party leader to connect more with the grassroots expectations of the type which delivered Brexit to the UK and Donald Trump to the White House? We've been talking about a movement now for some years, and it's it's been coming to fruition. And and you know the results as well if, as me, if, if not better. So... What do you make of and how committed would you be to listening to the people who have this grassroots sense of we're fed up with the status quo, and if you want us to vote for you, you'd better be ready to change things? Well, absolutely. It is about listening, Roy, and that's what I've tried to do throughout my public life. One thing I will say is we don't have the same degree of disconnect or dislocation that we saw in the U.S. and the U.K., in large part because of the Harper government. We had the best-performing economy in the G7. We had a balanced budget. We had a million-plus new jobs after the recession. The same was not the case in the United States, where hundreds of thousands were displaced and worried about uh, the future of their children. I like to say the reason we don't have the same degree of populist discontent is the fact that we had a conservative government that was not about big government, wasn't about feathering their own nests, which is what we see the Liberals doing already. Harper and our team ran a fairly strong, lean, and effective government. So while there's some discontent, Roy, absolutely, and we can listen and adjust to that, I think the same level that we saw with Brexit that we saw in the U.S. election doesn't exist because we had a conservative government. I'm not so sure that I would agree with you. Uh, just based on what I hear on the air, when I, the phone calls that I've received now, and I'm talking about for just a few weeks or a few months, but for a protracted period of time, and I don't think people really care that much to hear liberals arguing against conservatives and conservatives arguing against liberals and somewhere bringing the NDP into the conversation. What people want to hear is, what are you going to do? 
what are you going to do to satisfy the hunger that people have to be actually engaged in running this country or having a role to play between election dates? That's important, Mr. O'Toole. I, I want to tell you the, what I, I cannot stress enough what I've been hearing. And, and, and if, if, if any political candidate issues the same old, same old, that political candidate's going to pay a price. Absolutely. That's why I've been saying we need to fix government. I think we are using systems, Roy, that in some cases are 50 and 60 years old uh, and, and expecting them to meet the needs of today. Most of the plans I'm coming out with are rather revolutionary in thought, but aren't advocating revolution. I'll give, give us I'll give us the one. Give us the one that matters most. The one that matters most is what's called Generation Kickstart. Right now, we have our young people leaving uh, school or university, college with the highest debt levels, the worst employment prospects, and if they don't succeed, we can't afford OAS. Because right now, the programs we, we have in Canada were set up when six people were entering the workforce for every one retiring. In, a, in the next 10 years, that number will go down to slightly more than two entering the workforce for every one retiring. Justin Trudeau is increasing the age uh, for, uh, for OES and things like this, or reducing it, sorry, when we were increasing it. We can't afford our country the way Justin Trudeau is managing it. So my kickstart program is about making sure this generation that we have succeed, that we don't see brain drain taking place when President Trump lowers taxes. And it's about thinking about things differently, giving people a kick in life so that they can help secure the programs and the way of life we enjoy. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. But show me something. I mean, Operation Kickstart sounds good. But I, I don't know that people are listening to terminology any longer. Um, I, I, people want, want to know specifics of what you're prepared to do. What makes you different from the other guy, in other words? Well, listen, uh, listen. I the other guy I'm, in your party, the other guys and gals in your party. I, I think I'm the only one with a track record. Uh, I'm not a career politician, Roy. I've been in for four years, 12 years in the military, 10 years in the corporate sector. I get it when people have to go into harm's way, you know, because I, I was in uniform. I've worked in the private sector. So what I say is I want to fix a lot of things where government is totally out of touch. We were so caught up in, in these large TPP organizations uh, negotiating for trade that we forgot that we should be trading and doing more with the countries that are most closely aligned to us. So I have a policy called Kanzuk, where we're going to do more with Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, especially in a post-Brexit UK world, where we should make sure we have a strong trade and security relationship with them. That's a that's an idea, Roy, that was first proposed by Winston Churchill, and it hasn't been done. So I brought it back to debate, and you know what? There's tens of thousands of young people who've reached out to our campaign interested in this idea about partnering more with the, the nations that make sense, rather than going in these large blocks. So, you know, my ideas are really, really appealing to people. I'm also trying to appeal not just based on people's frustrations and anger, because I don't think we're going to win if that's what we're offering. We have to have a positive, optimistic view based on conservative principles and a leader who throughout his entire life has gotten things done, whether in uniform, whether in private sector, whether it's my charity work or in cabinet turning around Veterans Affairs in less than one year. I'm a doer, Roy, and I think people are are finally seeing we need a positive, conservative, get-things-done guy.
I liked you the first time we talked. I'm liking you more now. Um, let me take a quick break. We'll come back. I have some more questions for Aaron O'Toole about some of the uh, folks he's running against for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, what he would do as far as the um, Islamophobia motion is concerned, depending on what comes back from the committee uh, hearing or the committee that's meeting over eight months, 240 days, and uh, what, what would he do about the flow of migrants across the border? Stay with us. He weighs both sides of the story and chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. Tweet me at uh, the Roy Green Show and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. You find us on Facebook as well. Of course, Aaron O'Toole is with me, former Veterans Affairs Minister in the Stephen Harper government, member of parliament, of course, and running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, which would put him directly opposite Justin Trudeau in 2019, along with whoever the NDP selects. And of course, there are other parties involved as well. Uh, Mr. O'Toole, let me just bring up three names together, and you can probably immediately identify who they're going to be. Kevin O'Leary, Maxime Bernier, and Dr. Kelly Leach. Those are the three names who are most frequently talked about instinctively when, when it comes to the leadership of the Conservative Party. More recently, your name has been talked about a great deal. So what is it that sets you apart from, and what makes you a preference, a better, the better Conservative leader than O'Leary, then uh, then Bernier and then Leach. Well, the biggest thing, Roy, is I can actually win the next election by beating Trudeau. Um, they they are your three names that you hear the most because they've done one of two things. They've courted controversy or celebrity. And, you know, we're not going to win with that approach. And so why I've been gaining strength has been I've been working harder than all of them. I've visited more ridings and spoken to more members than almost all of them combined, to be honest with you. And why? Because I needed to get my name out there, and they wanted needed people to hear my vision. And I'm one that can keep the party together and actually win over 10 to 15% of the voters that we need to win back. So a lot of people in this race have been, um, you know, preaching to the converted and, and doing it in a loud or controversial way. But we have to show why conservatives can actually win back voters that left for whatever reason and beat Trudeau in the next election. So I've tried to not take controversial or, or you know, uh, extreme positions on things that most people don't even think are authentic. I've been ba- based, basing my campaign on my own track record of getting things done uh, with a conservative approach. All right, let me run through a couple of items uh, with you very quickly here. Do you subscribe to the liberal view federally and uh, the province of Ontario, most definitely, that there are growing numbers of racists in Canada? Liberal politicians accuse Canadians of a racist bent, and particularly white Canadians are being tarred with the racism brush, in my view. What do you say to this this, this repeat message from the Liberal Party that racism, racism is an increasing problem in this country. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, I disagree. And in fact, the vision created in this debate, Roy, like Motion 103, was a liberal ploy to actually try and divide people by using a term that was controversial and, and wasn't widely uh, defined, Islamophobia, and actually 
foisting it into the House of Commons in a way that was meant to actually divide people, in some cases by suggesting that there should be a double standard to free speech between criticisms of, of one faith or another. Everyone, no faith is immune from criticism in a free society. So they've actually been playing these issues to try and sow seeds of division. And I think it's shameful. I'm the only leadership candidate that actually reached out to the Liberal MP that brought the motion, challenged her to change it to, sh- to secure free speech protections. And when she didn't, I'm then able to say, look, this isn't about racism or division as much as it ab- is about politics being played by the Liberals. The same Liberals from Queen's Park are now advising Justin Trudeau. So we shouldn't be surprised that Ontario and the federal Liberals are, are one and the same, right? And uh, the M- MP in question uh, refused to talk to you, as, uh, as I understand. No, I did have a, I did did have have a conversation a good, with her. A good conversation with her. Yeah. But you know what? She considered some of my proposals yeah. and said she'd get back to me, Roy. She never did. Okay, I that's what it was. That she rejected my proposal. She didn't get back to you. What do you make of this? What do you make then of this Islamophobia issue? Two hundred and forty days. The liberal, or at least the, the the federal committee, is going to be investigating what hasn't been defined. At first, I thought that how can you how can you investigate something that you haven't defined? But then I've come to the conclusion that it really is quite clever to do that because if you don't define it, it allows you to explore or at least talk about all sorts of parameters. But if if Aaron O'Toole is the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and you have to respond to uh, a charge of Islamophobia based on what this parliamentary committee will come up with, how do you do that? Well, the first off is I'd look to the first time it came up with respect to the MP who brought this motion. So what's interesting, and I wrote this in the Sun, Roy, a year ago, MP Khalid wrote, uh, gave a speech on discrimination in the House of Commons. It was the International Day to End Discrimination. In her speech, she didn't mention the term Islamophobia. Yet months later, when the Liberals wanted to uh, cause a political stunt in the House, she finally made her private member's motion based on that word. The first time the word was brought up by her in debate in the, in the Human Rights Committee, the very witness that answered the question said that that term can be different things in different countries. Right. So it could mean blasphemy laws overseas, where it means other things here. So right. the Liberals know this. And they're trying to exploit divisions. That's what I think is shameful. Okay. So I won't subscribe to that. We have laws that are in place now All right. in terms of hate speech. Mr. O'Toole, thank you for the time today. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure. And good luck with what uh, with what lies ahead with the party. Thank you so much, Roy. Take care. Bye-bye. Aaron O'Toole running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Beauties and the Beast when we come back.